You are listening to the Primitive Intelligence Podcast, episode 405. Yeah, you got a great smile, but man, are you dumb. The fluoride conspiracy. Come along for this one. If you've never heard of the fluoride conspiracy, or if you have, and you don't know a lot about it, or you've only heard one side of it, you, you got to listen to this. This is an episode that really makes me excited to do these because I learned so much. I learned a lot, and some of this is kind of scary. So we're going to get into that in a minute. First of all, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the website. I, If you want to listen to older episodes and they don't show up in your podcast app, you can go to primitiveintelligence.com and go to, uh, on the top, you'll see a link for Seasons. And when you click on that, you'll see Seasons 1, 2, 3, 4. Um, I went through and double-checked all those. There were some problems with the links. Uh, the website took an update, and it added some... Uh, nonsense code into the URLs for some reason and it was making them broken. So I went through and fixed them all. So they should be working. Of course, as soon as I did that, I got an email from my web host and they're like, hey, we're migrating you to a new server since I'm on an ancient server. Um, That's supposed to happen within a week. So hopefully it doesn't break anything, but I'll keep an eye on it. So let's get into episode four or five of the Primitive Intelligence Podcast. Yeah, you got pretty smile. Man, you dumb. Episode four or five of the Primitive Intelligence Podcast starts now. Fluoride. The conspiracy says that the American government is dosing Americans with fluoride in order to make them less intelligent and easier to control. Basically, in short, fluoride makes you dumb. That is the conspiracy in a nutshell. Fluoride makes you dumb. Is there any truth to it, though? The answer might surprise you. It surprised me. Um, I've, I've gone. I've tried to record this a couple times now. I've gone back and forth on, on how to handle this, because this one is just, it's something. Um, so I started out just by doing my basic research, and I want to research fluoride. Of course, I didn't research fluoride conspiracy. I didn't research fluoride makes you dumb. I just researched fluoride. Expecting I'd get all your, you know, the normal, the normal, you know, hits on what fluoride is and all that. Um, It started with a link to the CDC. And the CDC, um, all these these, uh, pages, I'll put links to in the bottom. Um, The CDC, basically, it's like a frequently asked questions kind of page. And uh, it just tells you, like, fluoride is a mineral that occurs naturally and is released from rocks into the soil, water, and air. Uh, Almost all water contains some fluoride, but usually not enough to prevent tooth decay. Uh, and that it can be added to drinking water supplies as a public health measure for reducing cavities. Decisions about adding fluoride to drinking water are made at the state or local levels. It goes through to say a couple other things like um, you get most of your fluoride, 75% of your fluoride intake for the day is uh, achieved through your tap water and things like soft drinks and juice have fluoride in them. 75% comes from that. Um, The next thing that popped up in my Google search was uh, an article from a, a website called Analytical Technology, and it was seven delicious foods that contain fluoride. You gotta get your fluoride. Eat these seven delicious foods, and I think they were, without pulling it up, grapes or raisins, and by association wine, uh, potatoes, crab, shrimp, tea, coffee, and raw fruit. So they didn't give any any levels, but just that they contain naturally contain fluoride, and it's because fluoride is a natural occurring substance and 
organic foods, organic things will uh, consume it, all right? Plants will draw it out as a nutrient, crabs will eat it. Um, after that, I saw an article from the American Cancer Society titled Water Fluoridation and Cancer Risk. And I thought, oh, this should be interesting. Not so much. The, the American Cancer Society basically says uh, it's safe. It doesn't cause cancer. There were some tests done back in the 80s. In those tests, they, they tested lab rats. And a few of the male lab rats got bone cancer. But they couldn't verify it came from the fluoride. So they just say it's inconclusive. It doesn't cause cancer. Next thing I see is a, a link to a New Jersey Department of Health fact sheet. This is where it actually started changing. I, I, I started to get a little nervous about fluoride. So I switched over to screen share here so I could, I could show it to you. But you can see it right at the top if you're watching the video. Um, this is New Jersey Department of Health hazardous substance fact sheet. A right to know hazardous substance fact sheet. That grabbed my attention immediate, immediately. Um, it's using the common name of sodium fluoride. Uh, this was released originally in 2004, which was revised in 2010. And then its description and use. Sodium fluoride is a colorless or white, odorless crystal or powder. The pesticide grade is dyed green or blue. It is used to fluoridate water in chemical cleaning and electroplating and as an insecticide. Now, hold on a second. One of those things is not like the other. Insecticide, chemical cleaning and electroplating, pesticide, and oh, by the way, we put it in your water? That kind of concerns me that it's a pesticide, it's a chemical cleaner or an, used in electroplating, and an insecticide. Now, obviously in different quantities, but that's still, that can't be good stuff to ingest. Um, reasons for the citation, um, the fluoride is on the right to know list, or right to know hazardous substance list, because it is cited by not one or two, but seven different agencies. And we'll go through all of them, right? OSHA, the AG, or ACGIH, Department of Transportation, the NIOSH, the IARC, the NFPA, and EPA. And you might be thinking, what are all those? Well, I'll tell you. OSHA, uh, that's the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. The ACGIH is the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists. Uh, DOT is the Department of Transportation. NIOSH is the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. That's like the granddaddy, the federal level of OSHA. The IARC is the International Agency for Research on Cancer, which is surprising considering the American Cancer Society says, no, it's fine, but they cite it. Um, the National Fire Protection Association, the NFPA, and the EPA is the Environmental Protection Agency. So those seven agencies cite fluoride, sodium fluoride, as uh, potentially hazardous. Um, it gives some first aid, you know, if you if you get it in your eyes, um, wash your eyes for 30 minutes with large amounts of water, seek medical attention. If you get it on your skin, remove contaminated clothing immediately. Um, wash contaminated skin with large amounts of soap and water. If you inhale it, this one's kind of scary. This, these are steps. Step one, remove the person from exposure. Step two, begin rescue breathing using universal precautions if breathing has stopped and CPR, the heart action, has stopped. So that, that's a concern. And then transfer promptly to a medical facility. So this is, this is alarming. If, you're if you've died, um, bring them back to life and again to a doctor. 
This is fluoride we're talking about. Haven't even started researching the conspiracy yet. The Department of New Jersey Department of Health doesn't give it a hazard rating. It doesn't look like they have a hazard rating for anything like this. But the NFPA, the National Fire Protection Agency, gives it a health rating of three, uh, a zero on flammability and reactivity. Poisonous gases are produced in fire. Does not burn. But then it gives you what can happen if you get those gases. Um, if you inhale it, uh, may damage the developing fetus. Uh, can irritate and burn the skin and eyes with possible eye damage. Can irritate the nose, throat, and lungs. It can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, and loss of appetite. It sounds like we're talking about an over-the-counter medication here. Repeated exposure can cause weakness, muscle twitching, tremors, convulsions, coma, and even death. We are talking about fluoride. Sodium fluoride may affect the kidneys. A very high exposure can cause a deposit of fluoride in the bones and teeth, a condition called fluorosis. This can cause pain, disability, and modeling of the teeth. Um, and then it says, like very bluntly below, this, uh, the above health effects do not occur at the level of fluoride used in water to prevent cavities and teeth. That may very well be, but I don't know that I want something that can cause anything from a cough to death in my water. I'm starting to see this as less of a conspiracy theory and more of a PSA. Uh, it shows work exposure, workplace exposure limits, which are pretty high. Um, 2.5 milligrams per cubic meter averaged over an 8 or 10 hour work shift, depending on which agency is, is being cited here. Um, the rest of this document is um, it's six pages, and it basically expands on all of those bullet points that we just went over. Um, a couple things that they add are uh, fluoride levels in urine higher than 4 milligrams per liter indicate overexposure. Um, if, if symptoms develop of, or overexposure is suspected, the following tests are recommended. Lung function tests, kidney function tests, an exam of the nervous system for fluoride. But it's perfectly safe. This is a New Jersey state document from their Department of Health, from nj.gov. Um, it also adds that um, in the re reproductive hazard that sodium fluoride may damage the developing fetus, and like I said before, and then also it may damage the male reproductive system and affect fertility in animals. Haven't even gotten into the conspiracy yet. So seeing that, I thought, okay, okay. So th there's in large amounts, it's really bad for you. Um, I guess it's true of anything, right? So what what are we supposed to ingest? What's our what's the recommended amount? What are what's our limit? And um, I found a page. It's the National Institutes for of Health. It's another government uh, website. The ods.od.nih.gov. It is a government website. Again, links will be in the bottom. And they give two different recommended levels. Uh, one is very comprehensive. It's broken down into seven age groups and whether you're male, female, pregnant, or lactating. Um, but the, the range, we'll go through all of them, but the range is from 0.01 milligrams per day for infants all the way up to 
um, adults three or four milligrams per day for uh, female or male. About a page and a half down, it gives a completely different context. And it says that infants to toddlers is 1.2 to 1.6 milligrams per day, which is way higher than 0.01. And adults, 2.9. Not 3 or 4, 2.9. And then a range in between. Well, maybe I'm reading that second one wrong. So there's a lot of information on that particular fact sheet. So I'm going to go with this more comprehensive chart and say that for me, being an adult male, my intake should be four milligrams per day. That's what I'm going to assume. Um, for adult females, three milligrams per day. Um, children, is very low. At four to eight years is one milligram, and it gets lower from there. So we're not talking about a lot. So okay, now I got a little bit of a little bit of a um, idea of how much I should be ingesting. How much are we getting in our tap water? So in 1945, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, there was an experiment done on the people of Grand Rapids. Nobody knew what was going on, and the Department of Public Health, I think, was called back then. They decided we're going to fluoridate their water. We're not going to tell them, but we're going to see how that goes. It was an 11 year, or no, a 15 year test. And they didn't tell anybody. Now they had positive results. They say they had a 60% decrease in cavities in children. But I couldn't find anywhere where they said how much fluoride they were putting in the water. In 1962, they started regulating it. And they said uh, 0 0.07 to 1.2 milligrams per liter is what you should be putting in the water. And from what I can tell, that stayed the, the mandate until 2015, so 53 years it stayed at 0 0.7, 1.2 and in 2015 they said nah, 0 0.7 is enough natural water it's kind of hard to get an estimate on because it depends on where the well is, how deep the well is if there's naturally occurring um, fluoride in the water but the average I saw was 0 0.2 milligrams per liter so I live in a town, I'm assuming my water's fluoridated, and I'm at 0 0.7 milligrams per liter. Okay, so now that I know how much I'm supposed to be taking in and how much it should be in my water, how much water should I be drinking? Well, as an adult male, they recommend 15 and a half cups, which is about 3.7 liters at 0 0.7. 7 milligrams per liter takes me to 2.6 milliliters a day just by drinking water. That one article I saw said that, uh, that was the CDC, said that 75% of your fluoride intake is through water or soft drinks or anything like that. So I drink a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, I drink water throughout the day. So, okay, I'm probably about three, right? That's, if I'm four milligrams per day, three would be three quarters of that. Three milligrams would be three quarters of that. So I'm pretty close. But that's not my only source of fluoride. How much fluoride is in toothpaste? And the National Institutes of Health, the fact sheet, very kindly says that most toothpaste sold in the United States contains uh, fluoride in the form of sodium fluoride or monofluorophosphate. Um, I did find that Crest uses something called Stanius fluoride, which is like their own brand, their, their own concoction of fluoride, um, most commonly at a level of 1,000 to 1,100 milligrams per liter. 
that sounds really high. Um, but you gotta figure out a liter of toothpaste is a lot of toothpaste. You're not using that every day. So average is about 1.3 milligrams per brushing, right? And a quarter teaspoon, the typical amount used for in one brushing, according to the NIH. So when I, I do the math and I, I take um, my 2.56 uh, milligrams in my drinking water and then another 2.6 in my toothpaste, because it's 1.3 per brushing, I'm all right with 5.19 milligrams for the day. That's not even my coffee, what's in my uh, mouthwash or any other food that I eat or in anything else I might consume that has fluoride put in it. So already just drinking water and brushing my teeth, I'm heading into an excess of fluoride. I'm trying not to panic about that because it's just a little bit. Mouthwash, mm, I couldn't find any good information on how much fluoride mouthwash has in it. Um, some say between 0.05% and 0.2%. Some do it in parts per million, 225 parts per million to 900 parts per million. It depends on the, on the mouthwash. I looked at the stuff I have here and it doesn't say anything about fluoride, so it might not have any in it whatsoever. But I'm already above my recommended daily allowance. So is it time to panic? Well, all right, let's see if I can find any any evidence that it's bad for you in just excess, right? Or are we just talking about, do you got to take like industrial, do you have the like drinking mouthwash and eating toothpaste like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Like, is that what you got to do in order to get a toxic level? Um, and I find a, an article called uh, Applied Sciences Review, Fluoride in the Pineal Gland. Well, now we're starting to get somewhere because the pineal, the pineal gland is in your head. That's not a hole in your head, but it's in your brain. Um, and this article, this thing was, there's, this was dense. There's a lot of information in this. I'll read you the abstract so you get an idea of what they're talking about. Uh, it says the pineal gland is an endocrine gland whose main function is the biosynthesis and secretion of melatonin, a hormone responsible for regulating circadian rhythms, e.g. the sleep-wake cycle. Due to its extremely high vascularization and its location outside the blood-brain barrier, the pineal gland may accumulate significant amounts of calcium and fluoride, making it the most fluoride-saturated organ of the human body. Both the calcification and accumulation of fluoride may result in melatonin deficiency. So basically, it's the gland in your head that tells you when it's time to go to bed. It does other things, but it's one of its main, uh, main functions, uh, the sleep-wake cycle. Um, and But it, a lot of blood goes to the pineal gland. So it's, it's high vascularization. So it's getting a lot of blood, it's getting a lot of nutrients, but it's also getting a lot of fluoride. This goes on to talk about the pineal gland, some of its functions, how it works, where it is, what fluoride is, how it works, how it gets in your body. And then it starts talking about how there's ample evidence showing that the relationship between pineal calcification and various pathological states, including mental illness and disorders, neurodegenerative disorders, primary brain tumors, ischemic stroke, migraine, and sleep disorders. The accumulation of calcium in the pineal gland is also related to the aging process. Um, okay, this is a little more serious. This isn't, again, I haven't even gotten to the conspiracy yet. And now here's a scientific review linking 
excess fluoride in the brain or in just in the pineal gland to mental illness and disorders, neurodegenerative disorders, tumors, stroke, migraine, and sleep disorders. Oh, and it might make you age faster. Okay, this doesn't sound good. It goes on to talk about tests they did on pineal glands of deceased 70 to 100 years old. And now this measurement doesn't mean much to me because it's, it's very scientific, but I'm, I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, just so you can hear it, maybe it means something to you. They found 14 to 875 milligrams per kilogram wet weight. If I'm reading, if I'm saying that right. Um, that seems like a lot. The 875 milligrams does. Like the 14, maybe not so much. In comparison, the pineal gland itself weighs roughly 150 milligrams. So like six times more, six times more fluoride in calcification in the pineal gland than the pineal gland weighs itself, they found. Not in every one, but in, in that range. So that's a little disturbing. Uh, the study also looked at adolescents between the ages of 16 and 19 years old. Some with low fluoride concentrations in their tap water of like 0.39, I think was the average they found. So higher than the the natural average, but lower than the fluoridated average. And these uh, participants also had lower fluoride concentrations in their plasma as well. They reported absolutely no sleeping disorders. They slept just fine. Participants with higher fluoride levels reported um, snorting, gasping, and apnea. I guess it would be or apnea, right? Apnea at night or um, daytime sleepiness or both. So it was affecting their sleeping, their sleeping disorders. Uh, this led the authors to conclude that the, uh, the higher fluoride levels were contributing to the calcification of the pineal gland and subsequently to the reduction in nighttime melatonin production. Lack of sleep can <laughs> affect your cognitive abilities, which can, it, it doesn't lower your IQ, but it makes you feel dumb. And you have our time getting your thoughts together. You're just not there. Anybody who's pulled an all-nighter before knows. You are garbage the next day. And if that happens day in and day out, it just starts to wear on you. So now I'm, I'm a little bit freaked out because that's a that's a, a very... I mean, there's more information in that review, but that's not good information to get. I'm, I'm looking for reasons why when I look at the conspiracy, it's going to seem crazy. I'm not finding it. Does it affect anything else in the body? I find a article, a couple articles from the National Center for Bio, Biotechnology Information. This is another government website. This is not like some crackpot website. This is a government website. This is also an association with the National Institutes for Health, um, the NCBI. The first article I see says that fluoride can affect the thyroid, causing health issues for pregnant women, including high blood pressure, increased risk of miscarriage and preterm delivery, risk of brain development and growth rate issues in newborns, and then for men and women, increased risk of thyroid cancer and changes in hormone production. Another article I see says fluoride in excess is known to cause damage to major organs of the body, including the heart. This is another NCBI, National Center for Biotechnology Information. It can affect everything in the body, including the heart, the thyroid, the heart, the brain, the pineal gland, your kidneys, your lungs. I'm just looking at the history and the facts of fluoride. 
I gotta stop. I gotta, all right, I gotta look at the conspiracy. I need a laugh. Like, this is getting dark. So, I start looking up the conspiracy. And I just search fluoride conspiracy. And I see a bunch of articles from dentists saying, you know, you can't stop getting your fluoride treatments. You need your fluoride treatments. You need your fluoride. Um, this is all BS. There's no proof. There's no scientific proof. And I'm reading these. And if I would have read those first, I might have been like, yeah, there's no proof because I haven't seen it yet. But I just went through. Yeah, you know, I just scanned these pages. Let's look into this stuff for hours. And I'm finding government documented proof that fluoride can cause some pretty serious problems. Um, and again, they're not saying in small amounts, they're saying in excess. But fluoride causes deposits. It doesn't, you don't, it takes a while to flush it out of your system, apparently. So if you're just intaking too much fluoride every day, that's building up. And it's causing problems. The conspiracy. Right? I'm looking and I, I see, you know, this is where I see the, oh, just look up, fluoride makes you dumb. And that's going to, it's already derogatory towards people who think that this is a thing. Even though there's evidence that it is a thing. So I look at it and I go, okay, what, what can the possible reason be for this? Who is responsible for this? Is it the government? Is it is it like outside actors of the government? Is it, is it the communists? Was it the Nazis that started it? Is it corporate America? If they're trying to make you dumb and docile, make it easy to control. Are they just doing this so that you can you want to buy more stuff? Is it is it the the medical associations? If they're just dosing you with something that affects you minorly, but in many ways over your lifetime, you're going to need more medical attention. Is that the conspiracy? Is it not so much about making you dumb and docile, but is it just making you a better consumer? I must have just hit on a nerve because they're coming to get me. <laughs> if I there's a knock on my door, I got problems. Um, so I start looking into some of these, some of these, these links. And some of them are uh, there's an NBC article. I'll put a link to it. I'm not going to go through a lot of it, but there's an NBC, NBC article um, that goes through both sides. They kind of lean towards the, these are some nutters talking about the fluoride conspiracy, you know, um, but they do shed light on both sides. Uh, they talk about the, the 1945 um, experiment in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, as being a, a highly contested part of this um, I'm not even going to call it a conspiracy, of the anti-fluoride movement because people are like, that wasn't right. Like, you're not giving people a choice. You just did this to them. And on the opposite side, you're saying, well, it's proven. It's got proven benefits. And it does, and it doesn't. There's no evidence, there's no substantial evidence that says that fluoride ingested into the body helps your teeth. Fluoride is naturally going to try to go towards calcium, right? You got the calcium in your teeth. But if you ingest it, it's going to go to other places that there's calcium, like your pineal gland. Your pineal gland calcifies for other reasons, not just because of fluoride, but it'll get attracted into your pineal gland because of that calcification. Topical treatment of your teeth, okay, I get that. Toothpaste, mouthwash, you're not ingesting those, or you shouldn't be. 
you're going to the dentist, you're getting a, a fluoride treatment. Okay, I understand that. But why is it being put into the water? They're saying it's a, the greatest health achievement, public health achievement of the 20th century by putting fluoride in the water. And that, that cavities and tooth decay w were apparently in the 40s a huge issue for the government. I mean, they were like, holy crap. None, none of our people got any teeth. We've got to fix this. But is, is dosing the water the right way to do it? And what else? They don't put anything else in the water. At least they, they, they don't admit to putting anything else in the water. I don't ever hear about the vitamin C they put in the water to cure scurvy. I don't hear them put, you know, never heard of that one. Don't hear about vitamin A or vitamin D or flu medication or the vaccine for, you know, <laughs> COVID or, or any of it. I, they don't they don't put stuff in the water for our benefit in any other reason for any other reason there's no other reason nothing else there's nothing else that they do that with why teeth I mean, you're already putting in toothpaste that's doing the most good I mean some people don't want any of it understandable but if you want fluoride for your teeth put it on your teeth don't put it in your gut um, I did see some people say it affects your, your, your gut biome, right? Your, your gut bacteria. Um, I didn't even look into that one. Maybe it does. Maybe I should. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Um, so I, I just found another NCBI article that talks about this. And that this is, this is another big one. But looking at it quickly... It's being looked into. They're finding that in mice it is causing uh, fluoride selectively depletes oral acidogenic taxa in mice. Uh, identify bacterial taxa selectively affected by fluoride in oral site. Uh, so it's maybe. So they're doing tests on in, in mice and they're finding it is affecting microbes orally and in stool of the mice mouse poop so could it be affecting the the gut biome maybe so I, I keep looking and i'm like i gotta find i gotta find the crackpot theory here um and I'm, I'm seeing articles from dennis saying that it's debunked uh without giving any reasons why it's debunked just saying it's debunked um and then i find this article and this one is horribly written but i'm, I'm gonna go over it because it was it was a shock i'm gonna show you this one. i found this article and this was in with um, a bunch of, of results on Google. And I saw uh, Dr. Craig Eyman. He's a chiropractor. And I thought, oh, here we go. Because chiropractors always seem like they get the short end of the stick from the medical professions. They're like, look at these cracks, these cracking bones. Look at these guys. So I figured this was going to be like uh, the chiropractors just like giving it to the dentist. Like, yeah, F you and your teeth. You stupid teeth. I'm going to show you make fun of me right so i read it it's a horribly written blog um it's not well written at all and but the the title of it is fluoride does it make you stupid all right well i gotta read this because i'm thinking this is gonna be some good some good conspiracy theory reading right here this is gonna be like it makes you grow five eyes and six arms and it, it's it's it, it doesn't it just goes on to say that several studies are brought to light that fluoride is toxic to the brain 
and it can affect brain development. Um, the f one article here uh, is uh, published by the journal Biological Trace Element Research. I was able to find the article. The, the link is, is, is broken. I was able to search for Biological Trace Element Research, find this article. It's a, um, it's a pay site. It's in behind a paywall, so I couldn't verify everything that was in it. But um, this article does exist, and it does seem to talk about um, fluoride exposure, giving children five times higher odds of developing low IQ. Um, so I was kind of surprised immediately. I'm like, oh, this is uh, the f first first uh, shot, first hit. Then talks about a university in India. I'm going to murder this name, and I apologize. This Sakadia University in Upadur, U U U U Upadur, India, U D A I P U R. I apologize for mispronouncing that. Studied the mechanism through which fluoride causes brain damage. And basically they say that it causes brain damage through a process called excitotoxicity. And as soon as I saw that, I went, that is such BS that's not even a word. So I, I searched for excitotoxicity, and it's a word. And you know what it means? Fluoride will stimulate the brain neurons to the point of death. Excitotoxicity. It's a thing. Then it goes on and asks the question, is your brain rancid? And it talks about how fluoride oxidizes the fat in your brain. And your brain is 60% fat. Is it? Is my brain really 60% fat? So I looked that up. That's accurate. Fluoride oxidizes the brain. To basically, basically put, it's, it's making your brain rancid. It's creating neurodegeneration by decreasing the amount of fat in your brain. That's it. There's no, no real link to that one, but if that's a thing, that's scary. The last section of this, the 2012 Harvard research, fluoride and IQ level. So now I'm thinking, I can now got this guy. I got him. Because there's no way... This guy pulled a Harvard research paper out on fluoride. There's no way. So, basically says they did a they and again it's really hard to to get through this because it's I'll read I'll read this one line and you'll understand what I'm talking about. In 2012, Harvard School of Public Health teamed up with China Medical University and compared the IQ of children. Eight thousand of children were exposed to elevated fluoride levels. What? So, okay, they, they t <laughs> I read that word for word. The IQ of children, 8,000 of children. They tested a bunch of children who had uh, were exposed to higher fluoride levels as compared to children with lower fluoride levels, and they found an average IQ score seven points lower with the children with higher levels. And then he quotes a Harvard professor, Felipe Grangin, who explains, quote, Fluoride seems to fit in with lead, mercury, and other poisons that cause chemical brain drain. And that went, now hold on a second. This guy just pulled a quote out from a Harvard professor. I got to do some research. So I look up Philip Crown Jean, and I find he actually is a real person. First surprise right there. I'm, I'm baffled. This guy's a real person. Second thing I find out is that he's a professor at the Southern University of Denmark. And I'm like, ah, he just, he just pulled a name. He just pulled a name, and this guy's not really from Harvard. And then it continues on to say, also an adjunct professor at the Harvard School of Public Health. And I'm like, holy crap. This guy really is a Harvard professor. So I do a search for this 2012 research 
information on fluoride and IQ level, and I find it, and I'll put the link down at the bottom. It's actually from Harvard. It's the Harvard EDU website, and it talks about this very <laughs> research, and it says exactly what this guy's. Well, it's much easier to read, but it, exactly what this guy's saying that they test children and they i mean it, it goes a little bit deeper into the like the math of it but yeah about seven points lower iq score of children with higher fluoride levels harvard did this study and they found this this isn't unfounded crazy conspiracy talk this is harvard saying yeah we found a, a direct correlation between uh, fl high fluoride levels and IQ levels. Fluoride makes you dumber. It also talks about this Philip Grandjean being involved in it. And his quote, the fluoride seems to be, a fluoride seems to fit in with lead, mercury, and other poisons that cause chemical brain drain. Uh, the effect of each toxin may seem small, but the combined damage on a population scale can be serious, especially because the brain power of the next generation is crucial to all of us. That's right from Harvard. And I'm, I'm looking at all these debunked sites that are saying there's no evidence. There's no studies. Nobody's, nobody can find anything. I'm finding government websites that say they can cause strokes, migraines, sleep disorders, mental illness. It can affect your kidneys, your thyroid, your heart, your brain, your pineal gland. It can lower your IQ. Maybe not lower, maybe not like drinking, but you're, you may not be able to achieve a higher IQ. You may naturally be smarter, but because you've been intaking so much fluoride, you're unable to achieve what you should be able to achieve. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is actual information done by credible sources. It's out there. This is where this ties into team sports mentality. And let me tell you how. Of course, you got people who are, you know, they're going to label the people that are anti-fluoridation as conspiracy theorists and nutjobs. And you're going to get the people who are anti-fluoride. And they're going to look at people who <laughs> aren't aware of the dangers and they're going to call them like mindless sheep like it's going to happen you're always going to have that that those those fringe elements that are going to really target in at everybody else to, to almost stir the pot that's not what i'm talking about though with the team sports in this one and this ties more into what i said was talking about in the very first episode of the season when there is there was a point where conspiracy theories were just a fun thing and nobody paid too much attention to it. It was actually kind of a like a, a good exercise in in thinking outside the box, and looking for alternate explanations. And at some point, and maybe it was when like the internet really became popular, and people got access to information. <laughs> and true, like the the, the, the conspiracy theory, conspiracy theories, right? So, in true conspiracy theory form, the people in power who don't want information leaked out suddenly lost some control over that because the internet is just information. So if you can make the people who can find the information and start talking about it, that upsets the balance of what you're trying to do. 
and you can make them seem crazy on a couple of things. Maybe you, you, you leak some conspiracy theories to get them to, to draw them in. And you give them just enough information to make sense. Just enough information that they can actually verify. And then you send them way out in left field. And then you have a few people that are plants in the conspiracy theory circle that really rival the, the troops. And it makes them all seem crazy because they're just shouting at the moon. Right? There's nothing to it. It was fictitious. And now you get all the, the normies who are over on the other side and you start egging them on. Look at these nut jobs. Look how crazy. You can't believe anything these guys say. Got to watch out for these conspiracy theorists. They'll, they'll tell you they'll tell you that the fluoride's bad for you until they find out the fluoride's bad for you. Now, as soon as they say fluoride's bad for you, the normies are like, you're, you're all crazy. You've, you've been assigned your team. The funny thing about the fluoride conspiracy is the information is out there. This isn't like, if somebody was saying fluoride is brain control, and I think they're dosing the water. That's crazy. Right? And they weren't. That would be crazy. Where's your proof? That's not what's going on here. We know they're putting fluoride in the water. They're putting fluoride in tap water. They're putting fluoride in soft drinks. They're putting fluoride in, in juice boxes. They're putting fluoride in bottled water. It's in your toothpaste. It naturally occurs in some foods. It's in your coffee. It's in your tea. It's there. And there's evidence that fluoride in excess can cause serious issues. I'm not talking about, none of these other sites were talking about industrial levels, like the New Jersey uh, Department of Health fact sheet was. The, this research is showing, is talking about excessive levels, in excess of what you should be taking in, which you're kind of set up to already be taking in too much. And if you've got areas in your body, like the pineal gland, that attract fluoride, and the pineal gland is important for things like sleep, and if it's damaged, it can cause problems like stroke or mental illness, or it's affecting your kidneys. I mean, yeah, sure, that's great, that it's helpful for your teeth, but can you explain to me why we need to ingest it? That's where the damage seems to be done, is when you're ingesting fluoride. Not when you're topically putting it on your teeth, brushing your teeth. It's probably not as damaging as long as you're not swallowing toothpaste. It's kind of like saying we're going to eliminate skin cancer by putting suntan lotion in the water. Yeah, eventually it might get to your pores. It's going to kill you first. So I, I went to look at a like an anti-fluoride webpage, and I came across the fluoridealert.org. I'm sorry, just fluoridealert.org. And there's a lot of information in this as well. Um, of course, they're on the front page here. It's it, this, no surprise, it's anti-fluoride. So um, everything is low levels of fluoride reduce IQ, uh, neurotoxicity, the, the, as these are going by. Professionals send letter to CDC's Walensky. So you got to take some of this with a bit, uh, with a, a grain of salt. No fluoride, just salt. How crazy 
How crazy are they? Right? Are these folks nuts? Um, so I go through their frequently asked questions or FAQs. And they got it has questions here like why is fluoride added to water? Their answer is fluoride is added to water to prevent cavities, tooth decay, a non-waterborne disease. Very good point. It is a non-waterborne disease. What makes fluoride different from other water treatment chemicals? All water treatment chemicals, with the exception of fluoride, are added to make drinking water safe and pleasant to consume. Fluoride is the only chemical added to treat people who consume the water rather than the water itself. Fluoridating water supplies can thus fairly be described as a form of mass medication, which is why most European countries have rejected the practice. That doesn't sound crazy to me. Right? That makes that makes sense. Do we need fluoride? This says no. It is now well established that fluoride is not essential nutrient. It means that no human disease, including tooth decay, will result from deficiency of fluoride. Fluoridating water supplies uh, is therefore different than adding iodine to salt. Unlike fluoride, iodine is an essential nutrient. The body needs iodine to ensure proper functioning of the thyroid gland. No such necessity exists for fluoride. Again, doesn't sound crazy. So um, they, it asks where fluoride, where, where does the fluoride added to water come from? Um, this is saying, now again, this is just from this website, that they are um, not pharmaceutical grade fluoride products. They are unprocessed industrial byproducts of the, of the phosphate fertilizer industry. And since they are, um, they undergo no purification procedures, they can contain elevated levels of arsenic. CDC says that uh, EPA level amount for arsenic in drinking water is 10 parts per billion. Quality testing has found that most fluoride add additive samples do not have detectable levels of arsenic. So, could it have arsenic? I guess it could. Does it? Definitely. Mm, maybe not. So some of this is, seems pretty straightforward, and again, I'm not I'm not arguing with their with their findings. I'm just saying there's not anything that I've seen, and I've only been re you know really deeply researching this for two days. So, um, yeah, I mean, looking at their frequently asked questions, you would expect that this was like uh, just a bunch of nut jobs. There would be all kinds of finger pointing, and. Um, false claims and there's some things that I, I, I can't right now verify but a lot of the information is stuff that I've already seen on government websites so I don't know let me know what you think about this one does fluoride make you dumb Harvard seems to think so there's some other studies out there that seem to think so there's some government um, websites that seem to think that it can cause damage to things that are kind of important to your brain, like your brain, your pineal gland, your thyroid, your heart, your kidneys. This one's kind of scary. I'll be honest. What is... I, for life of me, cannot figure out what the point of putting fluoride in water is if it is only for teeth. It's only for, for tooth decay. Just because it's it's been done for 70 years, our water's been fluoridated for 70 years, does it mean it's a good thing? Has anybody done a fluoride purge? 
Has yeah. anybody like tried to cleanse their system of fluoride? Did you feel any different? Did you feel smarter? Right now, the the, the dumb part. Nothing that I saw said that just by t- intaking fluoride, you're going to get dumber. Like I said before, it's a it seems to limit your potential IQ. So it doesn't necessarily make you dumber. It just doesn't allow you to be as smart as you could be. I don't think the I'm not even going to call them conspiracy theorists. The anti uh, fluoride people. I'm not going to call them conspiracy theorists because. I, I don't think this is a conspiracy. I don't think they're nuts. I think they got legitimate concerns. I think the information is out there. And you know, the people who don't see a problem with it, I don't think you're nuts either. Maybe, maybe oh, maybe the answer is somewhere in the middle on this one. But this is this this is one of those things that makes answers need to be questioned. If fluoride is that easy. That cheap to, to dump into the water, you could very easily just have a program where people have a, a fluoride card and they can get a free tube of fluoride toothpaste every month. That would have to be cheaper, right? It was right on the government bill. There you go. You get one tube of fluoride toothpaste every month for you know X amount of people in your house. If you got a bunch of kids, you get some more. It's got to be cheaper than dumping it into the water. And then the people who want it can get it. The people who don't want it, they don't need it. Or maybe they, they pay for it themselves. They just want it every once in a while. Why force a topical solution down people's throats, literally? So, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully it made you think more. Definitely made me think more. Um, don't fall into that team sports mentality. I'm telling you, It's dangerous. It's dangerous. This information is real. It's out there. Don't think people are crazy because they're... What's the the saying? Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not following you. Just saying. Sometimes the sky really is falling. And you should pay attention. So if you're watching the video and you'd like to listen to the podcast, if you want to subscribe to a podcast app, it's available in um, Apple Podcasts, which was formerly iTunes, um, Stitcher, Spotify... Google Podcast, Podcast Addict. Obviously, you can watch it on YouTube. You can download the episodes from primitiveintelligence.com if you'd rather do it that way, or just grab that RSS feed and put it into a podcast player of your choice, and you can listen whenever you want. If you've got a conspiracy you'd like me to look into, let me know. Send me a, an email over at primitiveintelligence.com or drop a comment in the video on YouTube, and I'll do a little research into it and see if it's something I want to cover. No guarantees, but we'll see. Just let me know. Thanks for checking this one out. See you in the next.